0: Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Smart Council. Thank you for joining us. We recorded this episode shortly after the state of Oregon issued their stay-at-home order in response to the coronavirus. Uh, as of the date this is being released, that was about a month and a half ago. So our uh, brief descriptions of chronology and how we were experiencing the moment are reflected in that um, this is a little bit delayed. But I feel like the content discussed is still relevant and important and there's some ideas worth considering, especially as many of us are continuing to provide telehealth services. So that is the conversation today. Uh, Other technical note, we were recording this online as we were also still learning how to work from home. So there are kid noises in the background at at one point um but don't don't be afraid no no kids nor counselors were hurt or harmed in the production of this episode thanks for listening smart council is a production of new pattern counseling with additional support from multnomah university To learn how to support this podcast, visit patreon.com slash smartcounsel. Rhys Basimio is a counselor, teacher, and writer, and the founder of New Pattern Counseling in Gresham, Oregon. His clinical specialties are addictions, gender, sexuality, and spirituality. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Smart Council, Limitations of Online Relationships. Smart Council provides perspectives and resources on spirituality, mental health, addictions, relationships, online or otherwise, and trauma. I'm Reese Basimio. And I'm Aaron Kelsey. Hi, Aaron. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm well. I'm glad we could catch up for another fun conversation about counseling and psychology and relationships and stuff
1: yeah So this will be good
0: yes um what well so with all the corona everything and now shelter in place orders and and quarantines and things um what are what are some big shifts in your practice that have been coming up like are you all uh, are you all online now or what's going on there
1: yeah so we're the inpatient side is is still open and, and operating. And so one of the, one of the changes that we've made is all of our groups are maxed out at 10 people. Uh, and then there's certain rooms in our building that we're using for that and certain rooms that we're not using anymore, just so that everybody can be properly distanced and whatnot. And then all of our outpatient groups. So we, we would have clients, you know, transition from the inpa- intensive phase to living out on their own and like, a you know, some kind of clean and sober housing or something, they, then they would come back to our, our house. We call it, that, you know, come back to our building and do an outpatient group. So that's not happening anymore. So all that's done, you know, v- via phone or some kind of, you know, FaceTime or whatever is available. And, uh, yeah, so we've, we've made a bunch of, a bunch of shifts and I, I would say, uh, I would say too that there's there's like a pretty big vibe shift, for lack of a better term. Like I think, you know, structurally structurally there's a big difference, but I think um, this this new normal doesn't doesn't feel normal. Uh, and so I mean, one of the shifts is just it just feels like uh, it it just feels weird. It all feels weird. I think, uh, you know, wh- what I've noticed is we're we're talking about. You know coping skills and you know DBT and all these all these kind of things with our with our clients like usual. Uh, and I think we're we're just noticing that uh, it's it's easier said said than done. I think that was always the case, but more so now. Where I think we're noticing like uh, this this is this is hard.
0: This is hard. Yeah. Um, this is hard. <laughs> it's definitely different too. I'm figuring it out in just a my lonely little uh, individual outpatient private um, private prior practice setting. But I mean, I'm just thinking about all of the variables in an inpatient setting where like people are like living there, and uh, yeah. that just seems really staggering. Like, like are you are you taking taking new new residents or like can your current residents discharge or is everybody just frozen there for now? Uh,
1: yeah. So the. So the shift there has been, uh, so we, we had 50-ish clients uh, in, a, in a non-pandemic season. And so the county or somebody, the higher-ups were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have you dial back to like 42 clients. So we have less clients in the building. So as clients were leaving, uh, we just weren't replacing them for a while. And then once we dipped pol- below that magic number, We started taking on new clients uh and so one of the things that we were seeing was uh our clients would call their parole officer and say hey uh can i leave you know i i have a place to go that's that's relatively safe for me and a lot of a lot of po's were just like yeah you you can leave you know if you got a if you got a good place to stay then then go ahead and go uh and then there were a number of po's that were like no no no, like stay put you're you're safer there then being out on the street, you know, ripping and running, like I don't really trust you to go home to the mother of your child or whatever. And the other, the other weird thing too, is just, you know, not at all blaming the, the director that I work under. Uh, but there was just a lot of decision-making sort of fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. Uh, Cause we're responding to like what the governor's doing and, and what the city is doing and um, trying to make plans, you know, before before that stuff happened uh and so all that flowed down to the clients And so the clients were like am i going to be allowed to leave and they're they're asking me and i'm like i don't know because <laughs> my boss doesn't know and his boss doesn't know and his boss doesn't know and his you know up and up and up the chain all the way to all the way to the president basically so yeah you know we had clients that are trying to make pretty serious decisions in the midst of like a just a moving target uh a lot of folks just making it up as they go along kind of thing. So it was, yeah, it's been pretty chaotic.
0: It does sound pretty chaotic. I think I feel a little yeah. bit less bad about, you know, my scenario where I'm just, like, um, I don't know, still in a little bit more, like, touchy-feely realm of, like, oh, like, I miss seeing people. <laughs> and
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: <everything>. yeah. <laughs> um, but It's nice but, to see people. It's nice to see people. But, I don't know, I mean, but we had to figure that out, too. I mean, I mean, I have, a, I have a colleague, and we co-facilitate, you know, groups to happen together and we had to figure out, okay, so like do we do groups right. in person? Do we do groups online? How do we transition that? And then now I'm navigating, seeing, you know, transitioning all my people to 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 online for now. And you know, in there, you know, still the lifely had a couple of people be like, hey, can I can I start therapy now? And I'm like, okay, now's now's a great time maybe. Um but they were all can yeah. we can we please, 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 please meet in person for a first impression. And I was like, yeah, I'd really rather that happen that way also.
1: Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that, that you and I were going to talk about is just the difference between in-person counseling and, and doing it, you know, this, the way that we're doing it right now is, right. Uh, you know, through technology and whatnot. Like I, so I'm a, I'm a client of a counselor, you know, I, I go to a counselor for, uh, you know, just mental health. Maintenance, you know, relationship maintenance and whatnot. Because going uh, to the counselor is a good thing
0: to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's, yeah. It's one of, it's one of the things I do to try to look healthy, be <laughs> healthy, or however you want to put it. And so, uh, yeah, I like it. So, so we, we, you know, we're meeting in person, and then all this happened, and so we shifted to to the, the other way. Um, and I've I've had counseling, you know, through. Uh, through the telephone before when I was in grad school, just to kind of like meet the requirement and save a little time, not dr- driving around and stuff. And so, I mean, the the prevailing wisdom seems to be that that it's just as good, it's just as effective, blah blah blah. Um, and and I I mean, the data and research might support that. I, I don't know. Um, I can just say for me and you and I, you and I were talking about this too. Like, I think you're you share the opinion of, that it's different (laughs) and and i would it's different and i would say it's it's not the same uh in in the uh the 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 thing that's valuable for me as a client is the human connection and sort of the 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 ritual that uh that is you're leaving your house to go somewhere to talk to somebody for the purpose of uh being heard and being seen and like being having somebody who's just present with you, like so all, all that 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 is sort of the magic of counseling, isn't there? And uh, I've noticed, especially in this season, spending a ton of time on on screens as it is, and then to switch the screen to to a counselor, like it doesn't, it just it just doesn't have the same effect. Well, yeah. What's been what's been your experiences
0: uh, you know, on either end of it? Yeah, well, I, I I confess I I have not got my act together to, to get my own counselor. Although I I'm I'm in, I'm on the hunt for it. Um, I I have I have a guy in mind. <laughs> when all this is over, I'll probably reach out. But uh, I know what I, like when I did my counseling, when I've done my counseling, it's always been in person. And um, I guess the equivalent now. So like, so like, my, my my church is able to meet right now, and so they're you know sending out like they're able to like do over email like here's you know here's here's the hymns we would sing today here's the here's the the prayers for the day And, and it's you know it's the orthodox calendar so there's like you know hymns of the day every day and like you know festal hymns and everything so they're sending us out so i mean there's there's a lot that we are able to do on our own individually but you know we're missing out on like the collective the collective gathering and the collective energy and i know they're um they're endeavoring to you know live stream some services but I know. What I mean, with with orthodoxy, one of the challenges is that, like, the Orthodox Church experience, it's so very incarnational, and it's it's built to Absolutely. engage your whole person and all of your senses. And so, like, <laughs> I know one of the jokes we're thrown around a church, kind of the sad morbid jokes when we were learning, we wouldn't really be able to meet and that we would be live streaming. Uh, we were like, okay, so how are we going to, like, you know, venerate an icon? Are we going to, like, you know, click like when, like, the live stream camera <laughs> <laughs> goes yeah. to it? And we're like, like... Tap the screen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that's lame. Um, that's very lame. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about, you know, we, we were talking about Aaron. And the, I mean, these are some of the things that I'm noticing, too. There's, there, there's, that, there's that ritual of you leave your house, you go to your counselor, you feel your feels and then you have some some commute time like you know have a lot of people who like they they would like they'd go to the park after on a nice day or they'd Mm -hmm. go get a sandwich or they would have like a long train ride to 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 think about some things and now it's like you know you you shut your computer you you go to the kitchen or you don't shut your computer you just like tab over to (laughs) your browser exactly and then exactly you You go back to what you were looking at before yeah so so for me as 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 the practitioner who's who's doing these things um maintaining a, a good work home balance is is a tricky thing under the best of circumstances and it's been one of the things I've done is like i've always i I've, I've I've always never done notes at home uh and I feel like if I ever did that, I would just like be done and and you know delightfully i'm able to i'm I'm actually still physically commuting to to, to my office so so i still have that kind of built-in ritual but i was talking to another counselor who is working from home and they're like yeah like the the work-home boundary when you're all in home it kind of disappears and there's yeah. no there's no more margin or no more buffer um, mm-hmm. between my work time and my home time because it just i know i mean you can shut the computer and hopefully physically like shut it down and i'm doing the hand motion for closing the laptop but uh <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. When you've been like engrossed in the screen and engrossed in conversations all day, sometimes you need a little bit more than just like one hand motion to completely switch out of that mode. And yeah, like when you're doing all online, especially if you are working from home too, like you you kind of lose that that buffer.
1: Yeah, I think we just sort of assume it, just by way of like how we how we organize our homes generally. Like there's like I I have with my kids, sort of like the the constant conversation of like you, you can be loud in this place at, in time and you can't be loud in this place in this other time. And uh, it's not, it's not necessarily that it's uh, it, it's apples, <laughs> apples, oranges, I suppose, but like around the dinner table, like there's, there's games we don't play. And those are, those are inappropriate. And it's, it's helpful to, to have sort of those social boundaries. Right. And uh, when we, when we, aren't able to keep those social boundaries uh, it we know we, we problems and so like I've uh, I know a lot of like engineers like they you know they, they telecommute and so this this has been a thing that uh, people in different professions have done have done for years and this is sort of their norm and they they have different ways that they keep those boundaries and stuff and I think and not not to diminish anything about uh, how they do that I think. I, I just want to highlight the point that presence is is the service that we provide. Uh, it's not the only service we provide, obviously, but being being present for somebody is to me to me that's the foundation of what we do. And uh, so, with with trying to replicate that through technology, I think I think for me, I'm noticing how how much that means uh, being present for somebody, like being like showing up. To be with somebody somebody showing up to be with you uh is is really 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 meaningful and when we try to replicate that through technology it's it's just it falls short in my opinion
0: i'm thinking um a little bit of this reminds me about um like the difference between like stage acting and screen acting um yeah very very tiny dabblings in both like took a class in college tiny but (laughs) um but one of the differences is that so like screen actors a lot of their a lot of their work is their face and like you get to see and pay attention to here's a little nuances of like wow they they burst their lips they twitch their eyebrow like they you know did this animation movement whereas like a stage actor they they use their whole body like their whole body is communicating and, and i feel like maybe like like our dance movement therapist friends might um, I join in this, this idea that like, it's, it's the body that communicates the body never lies. And, yeah. um, you know, when on a screen, you're seeing like the bust, it's, you know, you, you, get, <laughs> right. you know, you get <laughs> yeah, you get maybe a fifth of the communication, essentially. And, um, and I'm just, yeah, just considering kind of how, how bodies relate together in a room together, like, um, like, when we're here uh, on this screen interaction, you know, we're We're looking at each other, you know, front. It's like a frontal view where, and we're making eye contact, which I know for you and me because I know we're kind of confident and we know each other well. I mean, that's a comfortable thing. But like, you know, some clients who are like they, they get really skittish around eye contact, and you know, other clients who like facing somebody directly is tricky, and it's much easier if you can like sit side to side. when we're just talking about what we see too. I mean, someone else pointed out how like depending again depending on the the actual on the platform you're, you're using seeing seeing your own image on a thumbnail can also be you know kind of a barrier to really engaging yeah because of like yeah body shame or like there's some of your house showing and like are you dressed well enough and like uh, a whole lot of things which you know when you can be in person with a person and kind of move around it differently some of that can be softened and you can kind of work around that some um but yeah. When, when you're limited to like, here's this you know, kind of figmented image and I'm, I'm interacting with an image. it, I don't know. it just, there, there's a major difference there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think on the, on the positive side, I think if we, if we look at the, the aspect of counseling, that's where we're communicating information to people, um, you know, if, if you, so if you, uh, th- if your counseling theory or sort of your, foundational practices based on the foundation of your practice is based on like skills training i think uh you could very much make the case that that this this is as effective so if we're if our role if our task is we are we are just we're connecting with people so that we can communicate skills you know thinking skills social skills relationship skills uh all, just all the different skills that people use to manage or to cope um then i think we, you know, you could say like, okay, there's, there's not much lost, uh, and what, what you're talking about, uh, and I, and I think this, this would be helpful to, to dive in on even more is just, uh, there are lots and lots of barriers to to counseling in, in the best of times, uh, you know, people with, people with resources and people who aren't experiencing a global pandemic still experience barriers to counseling. And so now, uh, there's this just sort of massive, social barrier that we're all experiencing and we're trying to sort of bridge that gap with with technology and again you know we, we could sort of talk about the pros and cons of of this this technology does open up the door for more people to get counseling i mean that that part's Absolutely. pretty cool yeah uh and then you mentioned like there's there are barriers like there there are people that are well, people that i wouldn't even consider that old that struggle with technology you know so it's it generational thing I'm raising my hand a little bit for that one yeah no I mean there's there's like competent people of sound mind that they they just struggle with technology and that's that's a real barrier
0: yeah
1: Uh, and there there are people that like you mentioned just some of the some of the things that I take for granted like like it doesn't it doesn't bother me seeing like a little thumbnail of my face uh and you and you mentioned like, there are people where that's, that's a barrier. Like they're like, I don't want to do counseling anymore. (laughs) So I got to look at myself, talk like that's, you know, that's a real thing. And so anyway, it, it adds a new, a new wrinkle to, to what we do. Uh, And I think for the more vulnerable populations that we serve, those, those added wrinkles can be the difference between people getting helped or not. You know, so there's, there's people that won't get help because because of these barriers
0: I definitely agree. I mean, I, I love that the technology is here. I mean, it's, it's, it's become the lifeline. And this is now how this the technology is the means by which I'm providing for my family now. So I am very grateful right. to it. And, and yeah, there, there's some cool things about it, like, like the connectivity that is possible. Uh, I mean, I mean, it is pretty cool. Again, you know, I mean, niche groups and specialized groups, they, they can still meet, they can meet, you know, even mm-hmm. if they're Uh, an online group can bring together people who do not live in the same local area. And and that can be really exciting too. But, um, but yeah, I'm just considering, I think I'm thinking a lot about the the things that get missed and like the, like the people who like the things we take for granted, we, we, we sort of take for granted that everybody has access to the internet, which not everybody does. Or we take for granted that everybody is comfortable with technology, which not, not everybody is. Or that everybody actually has a laptop. Like I have one client who is like, "Yeah, I don't have a laptop." I'm like, "You don't have a laptop, and you're my age. You're younger. Like, wow, you're you're very <laughs> that that's that's kind of cool in a way. But it also, but in this case, it also presents a little bit of a challenge too because it's like, okay, we need to um, we we need to address that. And I think what one of the things that's standing out to me the most about the the particular. Shift to telehealth in the context of the coronavirus is that well, a I mean it just like happened very suddenly and like everybody just kind of had to do it, yeah. which we did, and it's good that we did. But there was this attitude among some clinicians, or there, there were some sentiments flying around of like, just do it, you know, keep yourself safe, and your clients will adapt and your clients will understand. And right, right. there were these big, very big blanket statements being made about like a whole bunch of clients. And their interstates you know not factoring in all of the factors and that bothers me you know it's true that yeah given the circumstances yeah perhaps, perhaps you could say perhaps it would be more accurate to say your clients have to adjust or this is the yeah. best thing to do and we're we're kind of requiring this of everyone that would that would be yeah. fair because we are but it would be. I think I would be more encouraged to see people acknowledging, like, "Hey, we have to do this. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people, and let's take a moment and linger on, like, what we're losing when we're no longer to meet, when there's no longer the possibility of a hand or a hug or right. moving around." Uh, I feel like lingering that way and really addressing the losses and the factors would be a little bit more trauma-informed.
1: Right. Yeah. I think uh, in my speaking to that idea, just in my context, I mean, there's, there's like a really close proximity that we all work with uh, day to day and so much happens. And so I think one of the, one of the barriers that happens just in general is our clients like consistency and they like, they like structure, they like routine, they like predictability and it, it helps them, it helps them to feel safe. I think as a clinician, I'm like, like, I'm like, yeah, like I, it helps me feel safe too. Uh, You know, I, I can, if I can predict where I'm going to meet and who I'm going to meet with and how all that's going to go, like I can sort of fill in some of the blanks. And um, anyway, so when, in my context, it's, you know, it's, it's very, uh, things move very quickly and we don't always have the time uh, or the energy to attend to all the, all the things that happen. You know, there's in, in extreme cases, you know, we, we have situations where it's like, you know, client leaves cause they got into some kind of physical altercation and client leaves cause they, they overdosed or something. And another client leaves. you know, this and that. And, and then, a, you know, a staff person has some, there's some kind of like staff conflict or drama and, and that person quits or gets fired. And, and that's like all in the same afternoon. You know, and then and then we got to go to the staff meeting and just talk about like, uh, you know, ref, refilling the paper towels and stuff. You know, some of the mundane stuff that comes up. And so, uh, all that to say, uh, yes, uh, we we have to attend to uh, what's lost when we make changes, even when the changes are good. And I think uh, this this profession no matter what your context is like no nobody's gonna make you stop and attend to that change uh and i think you know for for us as clinicians like we like after like the the 10th session of doing like telehealth stuff uh we just sort of assume you know like i i noticed for me like i i've talked about the same thing with all these different clients and i'm just like okay i've talked about this like a hundred times and so what I meet with a client, it might be the very first time that somebody sits with them and it attends to what they've lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, that might be my job for that session is to just go like, Hey, yeah, like this, this is different. And this is your first chance to to sort of sit with that and notice that, um, like that, that, that could get missed if, if I'm sort of in my own head and just going like, Oh my gosh, like of all the things that have happened today, like who cares that, that we're switching to, to, over the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the loss of your job. Like that's a much bigger deal. Right. You know, and especially when you're dealing with vulnerable populations, like the, that one, that one consistency lost might be a really big deal. They they might be looking around going like, okay, so you were, you were like the one thing that's this, been the same for the last three months that, that I've been meeting with you while everything else is falling apart. And now look, you're, you're even further away from me. just, you know, anyway, so I'm saying, uh, attending to to the loss is is like really valuable thing that we can do for our clients.
0: I think so. And if we're gonna, you know, shift into a little bit more of like a more of a solutions mode of like, how can we make this better? And you know, tips and tricks for for other clinicians and other other clients too. Uh, I love this idea of attending to the losses. You know, pausing to linger on uh, on what's going on and, and recognizing, like you said, it's in my I mean, the whole world may be exploding, but you know, when you've got a rocket issue, like somehow that becomes the most important, that sort of thing. And yeah. yeah, a whole lot of big changes. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get to like, you know, make tea with my counselor, that sort of thing. Uh, right. Those those little losses, they they matter and they definitely add up. The other the other thing I'd I'd throw out is a recommendation for you know certainly for myself and for other clinicians, um, probably for other other clients too as you, as we're doing this all online now, I think we really need to be proactive about creating rituals for ourselves, uh, for ourselves, um, you know, entry rituals, exit rituals. Um, certainly for us who are, you know, the practitioners, you know, end of work rituals to say, okay, I'm done with work, I'm done online, I'm shutting everything down. Let me be, let me be fully analog for a little bit. Uh, you know, whether that's like, I have to change my clothes or take a shower or like yeah. go walk around my house or mm-hmm. something those rituals are going to be really, really essential. And, you know, same for the people that, that we're serving too, you know, that, you know, you come to a session and, you know, even online, I mean, you can still feel a lot of feelings and, and, and everything. So you need to have a way afterwards to, to process that and it might be some similar things like I'm going to have to walk around my house or go eat a sandwich or do some stretching on the floor or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I bristle a lot at the idea of like people having to leave their houses and go into their cars to do therapy. I mean, I, I mean, (laughs) I'm impressed by the determination, and like that's really touching in a way. But I'm also like, ah, it feels so sub ideal. But I don't know. In a sense, though, I mean, they're they're stepping out of their environment, and then they get to step step back into their environment. And even if their commute's like 20 steps, I mean, that's still something. So
1: yeah, I would I would add too, just by way of trying to meet clients where they are. I I have. I've made the mistake of assuming, uh, their living situation, uh, meaning, you know, we, you, you and I have, (laughs) we have, we have homes that we live in and cars. Uh, so some clients are like, they, they don't have that. Um, they, they might have a room in somebody else's house, uh, and, and no car. And, uh, so I, what I, what I do just to try to, to do, try to get them there is, uh, you know, try to talk through like, okay, just d- describe your living situation. Um, you know, is, is it, is there a, is there a way that you could go uh, to a different part of the house and have that be the space where you can do counseling? And, um, you know, I, if I, I might run into, you might run in right away into like, Oh, that, that's actually not a possibility for me. Cause we have, if so many people living in the house, and um, you know the house is only so, so big, or it's noisy, it's, you know, for whatever reason, that that's not a possibility. And so, um, I think uh, in those cases, it's it's helpful to uh, one notice that, name that with the client of like, okay, this this is the, you're doing the best you're able to do uh, with with what you have, and then you know, inviting them to be you know, creative, like you mentioned. You know changing changing clothes uh to to have like a work-life separation um you know and, and we're talking about like like counseling session life separation um it could be i mean it could be something just really really simple and easy
0: yeah no noticing what's going on and sometimes just noticing like the staggering amount of variables, like you know, thinking you know, yeah. scenario of like you know, say you're working with like a single parent and their kids are out of school and they're out of work, and so they're all at home right. together, and there's nowhere for anyone to go. Just you know, being able to, you know, make eye contact if they're comfortable with that and acknowledge, hey, there's a lot of difficulties, and this is not ideal for either of us. You know, you're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. At least, <laughs> at least we're all uncomfortable together. At least we're together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and it might, and, and that, that sort of moment might not be a good moment for really deep trauma work or really deep, like emotional work. It might be more a moment for like, I'm, I mean, we're acknowledging each other. We're attuning, you know, I'm inviting you to for, for a moment, like break out of your rhythm and, you know, you know, think about something other than your, your daily life or something. And, you know, maybe you just, maybe just like the work that we do for now is going to be a little bit different work. Because it's different. Yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah, I. Uh, I'll I'll say for me, like in my in my last counseling session just this week, we spent uh, we spent the entire time talking about the coronavirus, and then at the end, she asked me, "Is there so is there something else that you'd like to talk about?" And uh, I was like, "That's a great question." Like I had to think about it, and I was like. I don't even know what else to talk about right now, uh, and I was like, "Let me think about that." And then next time we talk, uh, let's let's start with that question. Um, so, to just by way of connecting what you're saying, like I think naming the kind of work that we're gonna try to do, or that we're gonna be able to do. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like an ability thing. Like you, 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 you can do trauma work over telehealth, right? Like, like why not? uh and, right why and there not might be some, <laughs> why not and there might be some clients who are like no like i i don't want to do that so so just walking the clients through like uh this this is different right uh so so what what are you open to doing and, and some clients might want to do the trauma work They they might want to do you know some deep insight work or they might want to do just skills work and you know so for me like just that question that she threw in at the end just disrupted my whole, my whole process up to that point. Like I was like, Oh yeah, I'm completely obsessively fixated on, on what's going on in the world right now. And that, that was, it was sort of, it was helpful. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, yeah,
0: good it's a, it's a mark of a good counselor to disrupt an obsession for sure. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, I guess, my my point is, you know, uh, different people are going through different things and in, in how they process, uh, you know, the, the disruption in the world right now. Um, you know, the I guess the other the other extreme is, you know, I, I think of like my, my sister in law. Um, so uh, my my wife was checking in on her sister, and she she's just really happy-go-lucky, and she's not worried about anything uh, and so that's that's great it's like okay we can just <laughs> like you you can keep being happy and we don't like we don't need to like you know do do the thing that i want to do which is like project into the future and, and try to problem solve all these what ifs and stuff um so i guess my point is as a counselor like you you know you you get to pace with your clients like like if they're obsessing then then disrupt that a little bit and if they're avoiding or or if they're just totally delusional you know pace with them just notice noticing the change in the dynamic like you were saying like yeah. hey, look this is different
0: right and and in all of that allowing the client's experience to be what it is like if they're yeah. in a state of you know grief or fear or anxiety that's where they're at or on the for, for those people who they are kind of fine and they're in a lot of stability and they are kind of happy, you know, maybe secretly they're Bob Marley, but (laughs) um, if that's the case, I mean, cool. I mean, let's celebrate that with them. I mean, not everybody has to be miserable during all of this time. And yeah, just because I'm uncomfortable doesn't mean you have to be uncomfortable and that's client centered work, which we should be doing anyway. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thanks for taking some time to throw out some ideas about relationships and technology and the way that they impact each other. And we should certainly come back to this (laughs) because there's so much more to say.
1: There is. Yeah, let's do it again sometime.
0: All right, we will. Uh, We'll have a great day. Dear listener, thank you for listening along. Uh, Do uh, leave us feedback and reviews. We like the five-star reviews. We like the feedback, even if you... Grossly disagree with us, or think we're completely delusional. Uh, that would be helpful feedback <laughs> for us, so that we can learn and hopefully interact with you in a healthy way. That would be good. And do check us out on uh, Patreon.com/smartcouncil because everybody's broke, so, <laughs> so let's keep the conversation going. We love your feedback and invite you to share your thoughts about this conversation. Also, we'd appreciate your review and five-star rating on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Share your thoughts through email at smartcounselpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash smartcounselpodcast. Please consider supporting this podcast with a financial donation through patreon.com slash smartcounsel. Our theme music is by Trent Price. Our logo design is by Thomas Moore. Thanks again for listening and let's keep the conversation going.